our lives to God be the glory. And so, we're moving right along at Witnesses of Christ Ministry. We continue our teaching on Israel in the Temple Mount, or the Temple, shall I say. And I don't know what I just did, but okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it from up here. Hopefully, Sister Vicky will be able to master this. There we go. Because we're gonna have several things we're gonna be looking at. Um, last week we were talking about end times and how everything apply from Israel and for us what's going to happen with the state of Israel looking at their times I want to share with you some things that was found but first I want Shelly to open us up in prayer Lord Jesus, when he cleaned the temple, had made a very powerful statement. When he went in and he turned over the money exchangers' tables, and he really rebuked them sharply, even to the point that he was ready to lay hands on them for us physically. And no one had ever seen that in the Son of God. But he made a very bold declaration about the temple that day. Mm -hmm. Do y'all remember reading what that declaration was? That that was God's house and we should not make it to something else. Then then, right? And then he summed that up with a very powerful statement that is also written in the book of Isaiah. Hello, Jones family. We're just getting started, so you're not late. You're right on time. <laughs> Hello, babies. Is it cold, cool in here? If it is, we'll turn on the uh, heater. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. All right. In fact, uh, he was just asking, where's Junior? <laughs> <laughs> everybody says, who's Junior? 
<laughs> Jeremiah, it's because we love you, man. As they're getting getting themselves prepared. Um, Let's see if I can go back, find all my, all my markers, Temple Institute, yep. Now, I'm saying I could have moved up and y'all could have shifted the table up. Some would have been easier for you all. Okay, this way she can sit by her husband. Yeah, there we are. Terrain, how are you today? Good. Good. I know you. you cool. <laughs> hey, babies. Sorry, Miss Nelson wasn't here to greet you all. I thought she was going to be here. Anyway, um, we're studying about Israel and what's going on. Let's bring up something I, I was looking at earlier. Let's see here. Also, let's bring some maps up here. Let's hope that we can get this one. Boy, that's not very clear. Hmm. Can some, somebody turn that, these sets of lights off? That might make it a little bit easier. I don't know if Miss Vicky would be able to write. Will you be able to write, Miss Vicky? Some minimum light. It might help the picture. Can can you is that light enough for you to see? Okay, I really wanted us to highlight this one. Let's see if it'll give us a brighter. No. Let's see. Right, right where we were. Okay. Anyway. There's a uh, institute in Israel called the Temple Institute. And you can go there, templeinstitute.org. And uh, I want to read to you something that's absolutely amazing. Um... It says the, the Institute's activity includes education, research, and development. The Temple Institute's ultimate goal is to see Israel rebuild the Holy Temple on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. Uh, Mount Moriah is the place where who was going to sacrifice his son? Abraham. Mount Moriah is in Jerusalem. Um, what I want to tell you about this, you can go to this website, it's templeinstitute.org. I did not know 
that they have already started prefabrication uh, for the new temple. They have literally come together, prefabbed the walls, they got the plans drawn up, they've already started making the artifacts, they have also started making the menorah, let's see here, you know, the big old the lamp that burns 24 hours a day, and we were also told that in an undisclosed location in the United States, I think they said in the United States, there's a farm right now, either have the red calf, a calf that's completely red, or they're breeding this calf. And uh, also they found a worm that they can squeeze some of the stuff out of and get this perfect crimson dye used for making the colors in the garments. And they also think that they have identified the Levites for the priesthood. And they believe that Elijah himself will come and confirm the Levites. They have also started making, and this is the part that really got me, as God had told them in the book of Exodus, how to make the perfume. The perfume. They've already, they know how, in fact, I think they would have read that they've already made something for the temple. And it's just, it's just amazing. It was blowing me away on what God was doing through these people. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to share with you today is we go down this memory lane and we look at Israel. I want to tell you that in 1947, Israel War Independence occurred. And that's when the Arab nations had made a vow to wipe out Israel. There wasn't an Israeli state as we know it, but they had made a vow to kill off all the Jewish people, completely annihilate them. And of course the UN stepped in and said, no, you can't do that, but they did not commit troops to it. The United States kind of frowned and said, no, you can't do that. But in a sense, just, it was all talk. Really sad. And so they did attack Israel, and Israel had to start defending for herself. Did they prevail? No, they did not. And then in 1967, the Six-Day War, that's when they come back again under the prime minister of Egypt named Nassar. Nassar, heading up the Arab League, said, that he was going to completely annihilate every Jew and that his people was not going to walk on the sand in Israel. They were going to walk on the blood of the Jews. And so the king of Jordan at that time didn't necessarily agree with it. So they, he, they kind of got in confrontation a little bit. However, what's really fascinating is that Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, all of them, they had 
all conspired together to come up to destroy the Jewish people. Now, let's point back to the War of Independence back in 1947. You only, not only did you have those nations in which I just named, those Arab nations, but you also had the Sudan and Ethiopia had joined in. And they was bent on completely making sure that no Jews exist in the so-called Palestinian uh, world. Now, they were not called Palestinians until after the Six-Day War. In 1948, May 15, 1948, Israel declared its independence. And the UN agreed. Thus, the nation of Israel was reborn. Before that, it was called the Palestinian? Era. Palestine. The Roman emperor, I forget his name, to slap the Jews in the face, decided to call Israel, the land of Israel, Palestine, which was a nickname for Philist Philistines. And you said what, the Egyptians did that? No, the emperor. I'm taking way further back now. Uh, let me uh, let me let me take you on back, Father. Would that be Philistia? Yeah, Philistia. Philistia. But he called them the the Roman emperor called them Philist Palestine as a way to mark them. Okay. Okay. When they began to push the Jews out of Israel, it's very important that we as Christians understand because as we look at Ezekiel chapter 38 tonight, we're going to take a look at some things. Hey there, brother, you see you standing back there. Now, what we in the Western world really don't understand is that the United States says that it stands with Israel. But if you go back the last 70 years, our action towards Israel has not been an action of support. It's been an action of division. And both Bush presidents and Clinton and Obama administrations, they talk out of one side of their mouths about supporting Israel, but behind closed doors, their sole purpose was to divide the land of Israel. Okay? Interesting point. A Palestinian, a former PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, when I was a young soldier back in the 70s, that organization, the PLO, was considered a terrorist organization. And its chairman was Yasser Arafat. Arafat was born in Cairo, Egypt. He fought in the Six-Day War. Now, I was sharing with Shirley's husband earlier today, the former prime minister of Israel, who's now there, Eric Sharon, hated him with a deep passion. And Eric Sharon made a statement. He said, I should have killed him then. And so, uh, man, both men are dead now. Of course, Yasser Arafat died in France in a hospital there and was flown back to Israel and buried. There was a big stink about that a few years back. I know you remember that. Oh, could they get him buried before the sun went down? It was huge. Um, what happened during the Six-Day War? 
On the northern front in the Golan Heights, the Syrian army had 1,400 tanks. Israel had 180. Here's what was really crazy. The Soviet Union was the one who had supplied the Syrians with the tanks. Sound like history repeats itself today? Where's the Soviet Union at right now? Back where? Back in Syria, supporting the Syrians. And of course, we think that they're fighting against rebels. I think it's for them to get a stronghold, a foot back into Syria for the sole purpose of one day annihilating Israel. What better way to launch an attack if you're right next door to them? Okay. So on the northern front, you got all these tanks. Then you also have over on the eastern front, you have the Jordanians on the King Hussein. Then to the south, you have Egypt. Egypt has, has massed 80,000 foot soldiers, along with some armor folks too, some tankers, to the south. And the Egyptian Air Force was really powerful, a lot of airplanes. And for all intents and purposes, everybody, the Israelis were outnumbered. The odds against them of defeating their enemy was absolutely out of reach. However, we know that God loves Israel. That's his baby, right? Now, what the commanders did in Israel, they said if we can give a preempted strike, it will give Israel at least a chance to try and defend herself. So, Israel took all its warplanes, except 18 of them. They left 18 of them to, to patrol the homeland. While the remaining of them flew south and caught the Egyptian Air Force pilots on their lunch break. <laughs> and while they were on their lunch break, they destroyed 300 of the Egyptian fighter planes on the ground, <laughs> therefore annihilating the Egyptian Air Force. Isn't that something, brother? Yep. And so then, as they're flying back north, the Jordanian radar picks up these aircraft coming in from the south. And so the Nasser called King Hussein and said, there are planes where, in fact, there was Israel's planes. So what it did, he kind of played tricky. If you understand how the strategic war happens, he was playing tricks there. And so Hussein goes, hmm, we have another disadvantage. They started bombarding Jerusalem, thinking that the Egyptians is on their way up to also drop payloads, okay? Right? Yeah. Well, in fact, they messed up huge. Those boys, under the grace of God, did an awesome job defending Israel. And the small remnant that was in the south fighting were able to go and join the boys to the north 
and stops the Syrian attack. It was in that time, after that six-day war, the Jordanian Arabs who was living in Israel at that time, the Jordanians control the east side of Jerusalem where the Temple Mount is. Israel took it back. They were lied to, the Jordanian Arabs were lied to. They flew, the research I did said 350,000 of them flew into Jordan. And they made the statement, we, we, we much rather be under Jordanian rule than to be under Israel military rule. And therefore, flee into Jordan. And what they did, they took the Jordanian flag, removed the star, gave it to the Palestinians, and said, you are now Palestinians with your own state which nobody ever told them they had. Now, where did these people come from? They were Jordanians. Where did they come from? Yasser Arafat was from Egypt. A lot of these folks that are called Palestinians are Arabs, all of them, every last one of them. They're not from the land of Israel. Now, some studies show that it possibly could still be some of the folks that Joshua had left in the land, such as the uh, the you remember the Gibbonites that had played treachery? They had dressed up like uh, folks coming from a long distance, and they had put in stale bread in their saddlebags, and said, "We come from a long journey, so that Joshua wouldn't attack Gibeah and, and and destroy it." But instead, made them their slaves, their servants. And so, looking at this stuff, you have to understand that the hand of God was at work. Then there was another battle that took place in 1972. They call, what's it called, Shelly? Yom Ka? Yom Kippur. I think it's Kippur. It's not Kippur, it's Yom Kippur, which means the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement, which occurs in October. When once again, the Arab nations had decided that they were going to attack Israel. This time, they had the Israeli army. They caught them all off guard. And yes, they were about to annihilate Israel. But the prime minister of Israel, a female, made the call to Richard Nixon. What was her name? Her name was, her last name, name was Mir, M-E-I-R, I think. What? Gladder, 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 is, is it Gladius Mir? Yeah, something like that. My air. My air. But it's spelled, I think, M E I R. Yeah. Something like that. It may be my air. But anyway. Um, Golden my air. See, uh, Golden my air. Okay. 
Richard Nixon cabinet, own cabinet, fought against him when he went to Congress. Henry Kissinger did not want the United States getting involved. And finally, Nixon, being persistent, said, look, there's a lot at stake here. Not only the annihilation of Israel, but we're talking about, you know, U.S. interests. And so, good boy Richard prevailed and sent thousands upon thousands of tons mm -hmm. of relief to Israel. He said, as many planes as you can get in the air, get them gone. Mm -hmm. And he also sent stuff by ship, meaning because they had blocked off the Suez Canal. I mean, Richard Nixon said, do whatever you have to to get those ships through. And you know what? In a matter of 24 hours, the battle turned in Israel's favor. And who was coming against them? Henry, Henry, oh, oh, the regular Arab nations. Um, the Arab nations. Yes. Okay. And once again, God's hand is at work. God is the hero of this story. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Can you tell us about um, why one thing that tipped Richard Nixon to do that about his grandmother? Yes, I sure can. When Richard Nixon was around 10 years old, his grandmother had told him, she said, son, I don't know what it is, but God's hands is upon you. And someday you're going to do something great. This last thing that Richard Nixon did was people only remember Richard Nixon by the Watergate scandals when he was impeached, I think, in 1972 or 73. I forget what year it was. But Richard Nixon should be down in the books as a deliverer of Israel. He saved the Jewish people, thus fulfilling his grandmother prophecy. And by the way, his grandmother, from the research I did some years back in the stories, the, the documentary scene, was a godly woman. And she told him, she says, I don't know, but God is going to use you for something great. And they had no idea it would be him stepping in because all odds was against Richard Nixon in Washington. Washington as a whole did not want the United States assisting Israel. And Richard Nixon plowed his way through and made it happen. Okay? So Tricky Dick in my book is a hero. But the ultimate hero is God himself. Amen. Lord Jesus was looking out for Israel. Now, with that said and done, let's talk about an area. Let's see if we can get this up and running again. Come on, baby. Okay, we're cranking up. Come on. 
Stubborn like Junior. If that offends you, just let me know, okay? <laughs> I see Junior's words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I want to ask you a question. Let's take a look here and see what God is saying about what's going to happen to Israel in the future. In Ezekiel chapter 38, I'm in the New King James Version. Your version may be different. I can actually bring it up on the board and say a little thing uh, trying to get to your version. That's all right. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 38. I want you all to know that when God says something, he's going to bring it to pass. These nations have been identified. Now, I want to take you also back to the book of Genesis in chapter 10, and you're going to see some of the names up there. And it's kind of going to give you an idea where these people migrated to, okay? All right, I'm going to start reading here. Uh, Sharon, you almost there? This is some of the hard teachings, but it's prophecy from the Bible. And you can bet your britches. God is going to make it happen. God is going to make it happen. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, where is Ezekiel? By the way, who is Ezekiel? <coughs> who is he, Shelley? Um, prophet. Yeah, he's a prophet. But that tells us what he does. But who is he? Yeah. Anybody know? Yes. I've been reading about him. It's important that you understand who these people are. Who is he and what is his status? Okay. Yes, Scout. Huh? No, Miss Barbara. Very similar prophets, Ezekiel and the other one, which is, I don't remember, but it's very similar. And one was in a, with um, the queen, which was thrown to the, to the dogs from power. Oh, you talk about Jezebel? Yeah, that's about. All right, try, try uh, much later into the future. Ezekiel is a prophet in Babylon. Yeah, come back. Jezebel with King Ahab happened a couple of hundred years, maybe three or four hundred years earlier. Uh -huh, okay. Now, he's also part of that team that was taken as a slave to Babylon, like Daniel was, and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, like Esther. All those are slaves in Babylon, like Nehemiah and Ezra, all the slaves in Babylon. 
So it's pretty important to understand who these folks are. And Zerubbabel, all of them, they came out of slavery. Some of them did. We know Nehemiah and Ezra and Zerubbabel and all those came out of slavery. But Ezekiel was a young man who was taken into slavery, into Babylon. He was part of the captivity. He could have probably been in the, either second or last wave of what we call uh, the uh, diaspora or the deportation to Babylon from Israel when King uh, Nebuchadnezzar came through. These prophets were all kind of in the same area, in and out. Sometimes there were two or three in one time period. Right, right. Calls call, like, like for people weren't, they were getting the message. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, the, the prophet Micah lived the same time as Isaiah did. And a couple of them. So you have to look at that time period and kind of like, whoa, okay. And God is using these men to give us a picture of what's going to happen. And particularly at the time for Israel. And so Ezekiel, he's in, he's in uh, captivity or slavery in Babylon. And God is not only showing him by the Holy Ghost things that happened back in Israel, but it's showing things that's going to happen in the future to Israel. And what's so powerful, he sees the same imagery that John does in Revelation. When John goes to heaven and sees those creatures, these are the same creatures that Ezekiel had seen hundreds of years earlier. And if you could kind of do a, what we call a parallelism, lay things side by side and look at the uh, opening chapter of the book of Ezekiel and you look at chapter 4 of Revelation and there's a frightening parallelism there and you look at it and go whoa both men were looking at the same thing but hundreds of years apart and let you know there's nobody but God at work right okay now so it says son of man set your face against Gog and the ant of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh and Meshach and Tubal. Now, in order to understand what he's saying there, let's 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 first go back here to the book of Genesis. Y'all don't have to turn there, just look up at the screen. That's what's so good about technology. We can swiftly go to it. Now, what do you see in verse one? Now, this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah. Okay, Shem, Ham, and Japhet. We know that, right? And sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japhet was Gomer. Those are taking notes. Yeah. Gomer. That's a land area. Magog. Magog. Media. Zavan. Tuba. Meshach. And Tyrus. Now, let's go back, and we're going to take a look once again at what, what is it that God is showing us? What is God saying to us today in this century in which we live? Because things are a little bit complex uh, of our day, okay? Okay. If you look at, can y'all see this? Is this too dark for you? I thought God destroyed all the evil. 
No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, dear. This is, this is. Guys, Yep, your hometown, your home stake is in there. Poland, Germany. And if you notice, these are all the sons of who? Noah. Noah's son. Japheth's sons, right here. Look at that. Look at Gomer. Look at these names. Boy, isn't that scary? Yeah. That this, these are the regions in which they, they landed in. Okay? Now, who's Gog? That's Russia. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to grab that. That Russia is going to play in a big role against the attempt to annihilate Israel. They talk about now. Yes. What's coming. What's coming? Yeah, what's coming? Mm. What's brewing right now? What's right. brewing right now? And that's why I said, do y'all do you all think it's a strange thing that Vladimir Putin got what a Benajad? Uh not a Benajad, what's that joker name uh in Syria? <coughs> I forget his name. What's the prime minister name of Syria? Um. Magenta used to have what? Iran. But anyway, you think that it was a strange thing that Russia. Who is it? Imad Karmis. He asked him, saying, Can we uh can we help you against the rebels? Folks, this is no coincidence that Russia is in the land of Syria. Okay? They're doing what? They're getting in position. They're getting in position. And not only that, let's 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 uh minimize this for a moment and come back up here. Let's read down a little bit further in the book of Ezekiel. So set your face against Gog, the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, thus said the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, otherwise the leader of Rosh, and what? Meshach and Tubal. So he's looking at this, this, this massive body area where all these tribes or nations are, right? And God's saying, you're their leader, but I got some against you. And he's going to tell us why. I will turn you around and put hooks into your jaws. Do you know what that means? Like a person take a hook and put it in the jaw of a fish, snatch him out of the water. To God saying, I'm going to put a meat hook in your jaw. Oh, well, God said, I'm going to control you. Take a look. So I will turn you around. So God said, I will turn you around. Why is that phrase important, Sherry? When you see the term, I will turn you around. What does that mean? Control. Yeah, God says, I'm going to be controlling your destiny. Now watch and see what that destiny is going to be. So it says, I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out 
with all your what? Arming. Arming. Now, why God say, okay, you think you're going somewhere on your own. You think you have plans, but no, you're going to follow my plans. <laughs> Watch this. It blew me away when I looked at this closely. It says, with all your army, horses and horsemen, and splendidly clothed, a great company with what, bucklers and shields and all of them handling swords. In other words, even though those were the names of, of weaponry of their day, it still meant for weaponry of today. Okay? So they're going to look pretty powerful and shiny and everything. Yeah! <laughs> State-of-the-art stuff. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. And then it says, look, look, look who he connects with them. Persia and who? Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Who's Persia? Uh, Who's Persia? Arabia. Persia Arabia. is Africa. Persia is Iran. Iran. Okay. What did you say, sis? Yeah. You did. I'm sorry. So it's Iran. And then it said Ethiopia and Libya. You know that Ethiopia, most of Ethiopia is Muslim. Yes. Libya, who control what famous leader in Libya died not so long ago? Muammar. Sharif. Muammar. Gaddafi. Gaddafi. Omar Gaddafi. Yes. Next to Egypt. He was the one that had the uh, LaBelle discotheque in, in West Berlin bombed. Oh, he was and Ronald Reagan had the B-52s in the air the next morning and dropped some heavy iron rain on on uh, Tripoli. So he wasn't messing around. So look here. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are with them. Do you see the ally, the ally of the Arab nations here? That's what you see, an alignment of the Arab nation with who? With Russia. Is that scary? Yes. And then it goes on. All of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all its troops. Okay, we're going to go back. And the house of Togama with the far north and all its troops. Many people are with you. What did God just say to Ezekiel? It's going to be, this going to be a mighty, mighty, big army. It's going to be huge. Huge. More than what the United States can ever imagine having. Shelly's looking like... <laughs> okay. Let's go back to our map. Look at it. Gomer is where? <laughs> Switzerland and France. You see that? They're going to be in there. Who else saw that? Here he's talking about this one. Who's that? Turkey. Persia. So all of this, including your hometown, or your home uh, country. All right, Miss Barbara. Miss Barbara's from Poland, from right here. Y'all see what area is? Center of everything, guys. Spain, yes. France, Italy, all of them. Uh, look, look at this. Yes. All of they, them. they're going to ally 
and was really sad, guess who's in there? Guess if you look, who is part of this? The United States' favorite, favorite country UK. in Europe, the UK. Okay. Uh-huh. It's not Spain or France, though. It's yeah, you got France right there. Yeah, okay. Spain? Italy? Yeah. Oh, Let's look at some of them. They put numbers in because you couldn't see them because the countries are so small. So they put numbers up here. Right. Lithuania, Luxembourg. Luxembourg is a English speaking country. Luxembourg, you remember Radio Luxembourg? It used to be the most powerful radio station on earth. At late night, you can get it on your transistor radio. Remember that? Radio Luxembourg. It sounded like back in the. Yeah. Yes. I was a little boy, but I do remember my brother having a transistor radio, and at night we would listen to Radio Luxembourg all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. How it started. It's just like, wow. And so, <laughs> this stuff. Are you catching any of this, Junior? I'm trying to grasp. <laughs> you know you can ask questions, right? <laughs> so. As we look at this, come on down. So many people with you, prepare yourself and be ready. God said, okay, get ready to do what? What does he mean by that? Get it on. Get ready to fight. <laughs> okay, come show your might. Bring it come show what you can do. Okay, stop polluting the air back there. <laughs> and so he said, prepare yourself and be ready. You and all your companies, that's in the plural. Other armies that have allied with you that are gathered about you and be a guard for them. After many days, you will be visited. In the latter day, latter years, you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many uh, people on the mountains of Israel. Who, who's God talking about right there? They will come into the land. Who's he talking about brought from back. a people? Yeah, who does he mean brought back? You mean, you mean the Jewish people? Yeah, home? Jewish people coming home. God said, you're going to go to their land. So it's going to be an invasion from the north. Let me show you another. We'll come back to that one in a minute. This is, this is really, really. Well, safely. Oh, you didn't get that part yet. Uh, look at this part right here. I, I want to bring it up to you. Let's look here. Let's look at some here. Jesus says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk, walk what, naked, and they see his shame. And they gather them together to the place called in Hebrew. This is the word right here is the most misunderstood word in the entire book of Revelation. Armageddon. It is a bad translation. Here's the proper spelling of that. H-A-R, separated, and then M-A-G-G-D-O-N, G-E-D-O-N. It's Har-Mageddon. Har in Hebrew means heal, and Mageddon means Megiddo. Megiddo is a small compound in northern Israel up next against the Herod Valley. And it was one of the three 
cities that King Solomon had iron gates. There were three cities that had iron gates. One was Hartzar, a little bit further to the north, Megiddo, and Lachish to the south. They were the first three cities to have iron gates because iron was very, very rare in those days. Because you got to remember, the Philistines controlled all the iron. That's how they had advanced weaponries at that time. And that's why they were able to defeat all the other nations, because they themselves had all the iron. Now, the Bible says that uh, Noah's son, one of them, dealt with iron. Yeah. So but that's what you're talking about, that's, that's, that's a, from that uh side of the family. Is that, no, they don't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Megiddo, let me see if I can pull up a picture for you real quick, because after all, this Bible study is unique. It's different than all the rest of them. Okay. Let's see if we can find Hill of my, that is right there. Megiddo is ID. That's what was throwing me off how they spelled it. This. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Till, the word till means that it has been multiple layers built upon over the centuries. That's what till means. So that's why archaeologists can dig down and they may find one error you know, artifacts from one area and they dig further down and they find something differently. And that's how they know that during different eras, there were different cultures in that particular location. So, till or Megiddo is another word for different layers. So, but anyway, this is in northern Israel, not far from um, um, the Herod Valley, and it's a little bit south of Navarus. Okay, now this goes up further on a ridge line, and it's not too far from Mount Carmel. Also, so it is all in it. Now, Jezreel, also the Jezreel Valley, is a wide open flatland. Here's important to understand biblical geography. To the north, you had the Lebanon Mountains, known as the Lebanon Range, or Mount Hermon. In the Bible, it says Hermon. That's Mount Hermon or the Lebanon Range Mountains. Well, to the left there, you had two proper seaports that's listed in the Bible. Can anybody name them? One, of them, one lady came from them, asked Jesus to heal her daughter, and Jesus said, it's not good to take the children food and cast it to the dogs, which he was referring to Gentiles. She was called, in the Bible, she's known as the, what kind of woman? Do y'all re remember? Well, you were close in the first part of your words. She was known as the Syrophoenician woman. Phoenicia was the top left part going up into Lebanon, Phoenicia. Who was from Phoenicia? The most wicked queen you ever heard of. Jezebel. Jezebel was from Phoenicia. Phoenicia had two important seaports. Do y'all remember the two cities that was often listed in scripture about Phoenicia? Lord Jesus himself talked about them. In fact, he went there. No? Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon. T-Y-R-E and then Sidon. 
S-I-D-O-N, Tyree and Sidon. Hang around me, you'll learn a little bit. Okay? Anyway, there are two seaports there, conducive for letting off troops. Troops. You have to have a place to disembark. So that's a, that's a great place. Because to the south, you still got to go across the, the mountain ranges there, where Mount Carmen and all that is. And so out front there, the, the Jezreel Valley is huge enough to hold thousands upon thousands of troops coming from the uh, Mediterranean side, because it's the Mediterranean Sea. And then you got, going on up through those pathways, you're going over to Eat, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Damascus, Syria, okay? That's coming from the north and coming down through Lebanon, which we'll see on the map there. People, take your time. When you see the name of these places in the Bible, Google them, look them up, research them. Come in here and pull out my, my books from seminary. Those books cost a lot of money to sit on the shelf to collect dust? No. They're there so that you all can open them up and learn, okay? And you don't have this big head passed up here for nothing. God did pump some knowledge in it, okay? Ask questions. So that's why I told y'all, Revelation 16, 16, Armageddon is a bad translation. King James, them, his translator did not pay attention to the, the accent pointing to the right on the alpha which gives the H sound in Greek. So it's both been Har-Megadon, which means from, because he already told you right here. He said, call into what? Hebrew. So that tells you that this, this Greek word was translated from the Hebrew over the Greek. This is what we call a transliteration from one language to another. So to get it proper in English, you have to go back and know what it was in the original. And the original was Hebrew, okay? But they gathered in a place called the Hill of Megiddo. People talking about the Battle of Armageddon. Where are you gonna fight it on that little bitty compound? You might be able to get a platoon of people on there and that's it. Well, I took biblical geography in, uh, in, in um, seminary. This compound is not very big, but you all see that wide open valley out there? That's the Jezreel Valley. Very well suitable for holding hundreds of thousands of soldiers. Now, is there a target in the ghetto? Where is their target, Shelly? What, what is the most valuable piece of real estate on earth? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. This is northern Israel here. Okay. 65 miles to the south. So they're going to bring the army in. They're going to come from the north, just like God said so. The army is from the north. Gog and Magog, the army is from the north. Remember, people, if you stand up and you're looking at Israel from the north like this, to your left, you're going to have Europe. Mm -hmm. To your right, you're going to have what? Turkey. And going over in Kazakhstan and all that, Afghanistan, that part. But if you go straight north, you're going to go eventually into Russia. 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 So does it make sense to you now?
So it's easy to, once you get yourself orientated, and if you're standing on the soil of Israel and you're looking to the north, always know to your left across the Mediterranean Sea is what? Europe. Europe. Straight north? Russia. Northeast? Turkey. Turkey. And keep on going. You got Iraq and all that. So, Iran. So, once you get it up here, it's easy to follow the rest. Uh, all right? So they're going to gather there. And it's going to be a nasty thing. Now, let's go back to Ezekiel. I'm going to try my best to finish this up tonight. There's so much information. So much information. Now, so God tells them, after many days, they're going to come into Israel. Then they say, you will ascend, coming like a storm. What does that mean, Sherry? They're going to come like a storm. Powerful. Powerful. Fast and, fast and furious. A lot of them. Lot of, huh? Yeah, they were, they're coming in. Boy, they're coming to do business. Yeah. Okay? I've seen major tank battles. And let me tell you, and also when we used to practice what we call passage of lines, I used to be out there with long camelacks like this in the middle of the night as those tanks are going by and I'm directing them which way to go. And we're practicing how they're going to pass line, how one battalion pass over another one. They're called passenger lines. So, but they're still engaging in the enemy. And uh, let me tell you, it's a fierce thing when them heavy armies are coming by you at the speed of light, it seems like. And uh, the ground is vibrating. You stand there, and you can literally feel the ground vibrating. There's those tanks right by. And, and don't let the shooting start. I mean... We felt a little of that when they're like grading your road. Yeah, with the grader? You can feel. But those things are lightweight compared to those tanks. Imagine. And when you got hundreds of them coming by? Yeah. All right. So, so God says to them, you will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land like a what? A cloud. Because all of the dust they're going to make. And, and they're going to. A massive army on the move, okay? You and all your troops and many people with you. You see that? Thus said the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will rise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. Got that? Meaning, Shelley? They're up to no what? No good. You will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. Remember in the old days, the safety net of a town was their what? No, their what? The walls. Their walls. Remember Jericho? Remember when Nebuchadnezzar came, Jerusalem had a big wall around it. And they laid a siege against it, and it took them months before they built the rampart against it, but they were smart enough to not let anybody come out and not let anyone go in. So eventually they started what? Starving out the 
residence inside Jerusalem. <laughs> and after a man barely started meeting his backbone, he's going to be willing to face the enemy to take a chance of getting something to eat. Okay? And so that those people, they, they, they had time. They weren't in any hurry. So they were living, live out in the open for months, waiting until finally you get so weak, you have no choice but to give up. And when you try to give up, they would destroy you. Because you had no strength to what? Fight to fight back. And then if you had a weak wall, they would just go and breach your walls, tear them down, and come on through your wall, the breaches of the wall. Okay? Um, so God, God said, you will say, I will go up against the land, unwall villages. Does Israel have walls around his villages today? No. No. I will go to a peaceful people. The Jews are really peaceful people who dwell safely of them dwelling without walls and what? Having neither bars nor gates to take plunder and to take booty. What does that mean? To take plunder and to take booty. Money. It says looty. To loot them, yes. Yeah, booty, B-O-O-O-T. Means what is it? Goods. goods and possessions. That's right. That's goods and possessions. The, the spoils of war. My 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 Bible says looting. Uh, looting. Yeah, you go in and you take everything out of the warehouses and storage places, out of the stores, out of the homes, out of the churches, whatever things of value they can think of, they'll take it. We call it the spoils of war. Okay? To scratch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited, against the people gathered from nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lines will you say, uh, say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your, uh, I can't read that part right there. Army. Army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to God, thus said the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, you will, what? Not know what it says next. There's a gap here on my, I got to fix my screen up there. You would know it. Then you will come from your place out of the far what? North. North. That's another directional error. Tell us it's who, Miss Vicky. Russia. Russia. That's Russia. No. Out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a what? Mighty army. army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. Because he already told us in the previous uh paragraphs of that these things were going to happen. Now he's specifically identifying who this nation of people are with their allies and who is their target nation. God just told him, you're going to come against my people Israel. Now it can't get any plainer than that. Okay? And let me tell you right, right now, there are plans and there have been plans for the last several years amongst the Arab nations to make a great invasion into the land of Israel. 
However, what they don't know, Israel is also planning. Because they're not stupid people. And they know what the enemy wants to do to them. And he said that on television. Yeah. They don't care about our land. They want to destroy us. Yeah. That's what he said. And Israel is prepared. And if you go to the land of Israel, even the school teachers are armed in the classroom. Even the school teachers are armed really? in the classroom. So as an attack occur, and let me tell you, the women, Shelly, can shoot just as good as the men. They came here too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not like the women of Israel. The women of Israel, them so they walk the street with their rifles across their backs, walk around, pretty little things, will shoot you down in a heartbeat if you start shooting. Ready to go to battle. Ready to go to battle. So everybody, the Israeli Defense Force, is as common citizens, and they're ready to fight. You never know, just like in the United States, you don't know which household is, is, is armed, Okay. And so they can start some stuff all they want to. That small town of nation is going to be ready. They've been ready. Well, they've been ready. You're right. Now, look, look what else God is saying. We've just got a few more minutes here. So you will come up against my people. Israel, like a cloud, to cover the land. It will be in the latter days. Otherwise, the end times. The latter days mean what? End times that I will bring you against my land. What did that say? Who's bringing them in? God. God is bringing them in. Why do you think God is doing that? That's his people. He's bringing them in. To show them who is the God. Because he said it earlier, didn't he? He said, I'm going to put hooks in your jaw, and I'm going to turn you around. Huh? What did you say? It's fulfilling prophecy, but we want you to look at more than it's just fulfilling prophecy. God is setting these jokers up. He's bringing them to fight and surge against Israel. Right. Show them what's up. But for the sole purpose of God doing what? He's going to set them up because he know the evil that's already in their hearts against his people. Right, right. So he, huh? Setting them up to defeat them. Yeah, setting them up to defeat them. But this is God prophesying. This is God himself saying this. Well, all prophecy is from God. This he tells the men what to say yeah. by the Holy Ghost. But this is personal here. He's kind of like letting you know. He's going to turn you around. He's going to lead you. This is what's going to happen. And it's He's already in the you know. Yeah. yeah. Like God's, it's, awesome. it's almost like you said, back on, God is leading them into his trap. Yep. <laughs> they don't even know. They think they're the great strategic minds when in fact is God himself mm -hmm. setting them up. Yeah. Okay? And look, look, look what it says. Look, look, look on in here. He says, uh, when I he said, look here, so that so that nations may know me. Where do you heard that from before? So that the nations may know me. Jesus, Jesus says that. Ah, way back when God was talking about destroying a country called 
Egypt when he sent the man named Moses. He said, I'm doing this so that my name will be hollered among the nations. Because remember, at that time, Egypt was the most powerful army on earth. And God's hungry, ready to break his backbone by destroying its army. Because that's what kept the Egyptians so powerful. They had a powerful army. And God was about to do what with them? Crush them. Break them down. So first he broke their will when he killed their firstborn, okay? That broke their will. And then when they got mad and wanted to take vengeance, God brought them right into his trap called the Red Sea. And they swallowed them all. And then he swallowed them up. God is awesome. Now look at it. If you think about this, just about all the nations that are listed in Ezekiel 38 are the nations that had oppressed Israel. Whether directly in the land of Israel or the people in which they were scattered to, the nations in which they were scattered to, mistreated God's people. Did you see that? And it is God who's taken revenge. That's why in Romans 12, I think it is, God says, revenge, no, he said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I didn't realize how good this is. <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. More and more. So, here you go, Jeremiah. Look what, it, look, look, look what else that it, that it says here. Look up here. So that the nations may know me when I am hollered in you, O God, before their eyes. I mean, with modern technology, with satellite can look down on battlefields and things of today, we can look at each other all around the world, can't we? Yep. Yeah. And talk to each other. It may be a, a second or two delay if you're Skyping somebody in Australia, right, Shelly? Just a short delay. But you see each other and you're talking. Can you imagine cameras now on the battlefield and watching these armies supernaturally get what? Destroyed. They're watching it live. They're watching it live. And all these... Christian networks are putting satellites over there now. So yeah. So they can watch, we can watch television. So I'm sure we'll be able to. And that's what he's saying right there. Yeah. And imagine Lord Jesus when he come down. I wonder if the camera's going to catch that. Yeah, but they already have satellites doing that. So yeah. they don't need cameras to right. catch it. But satellite, they're right there. Because I can remember once again as a young soldier on nuclear weapon, we used to sit there in the control room and we used to talk about stuff like, man, could you believe they can actually read a man what kind of cigarette a man is smoking from space? Yeah. This was back in the 70s. They could tell what brand he was smoking. Back in the 60s, I remember in school, because we lived in Ohio, I remember that's why I said 60s, that they showed a, a, from satellite, a, they zoomed in 
to the world, they zoomed in to a state, as they're zooming in, they zoomed into a, a, a backyard and there was a man sitting there in a lawn chair and they zoomed into his arm. Back like, in the 60s. It was like, wow. Scholar, do you all remember, I'm kind of off track a little bit, but we'll get back on track. Y'all remember sitting around my desk and we went on Google Live, mm -hmm. Google Map Live, and we went all the way over and I showed them the seaport where my platoon had set up the security for the port of the mom. I showed them the port of the mom with all this mill with those those big old trailers that containers that go in the back of the trucks they take them to the seaport and unload them i showed them all the, and i said see that big old banner up there talking about in the name of the king so-and-so port of the mom i said that's where my platoon set up the security when the first american ship came in to unload for desert storm didn't a, a young kid playing on google maps or google whatever uh find a person stuck on an island was, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember that, but... It was like a 12-year-old kid found someone with a, a help on a beach. They rescued someone. Wow. That really happens. But I showed those kids, and they said, you been there past the time? I said, I sure did. And I was telling them, I said, you see that area right there? I said, I said one of my soldiers dropped this helmet in the water, just so having the Navy had divers in the water. And they went down 80 feet and got his... Uh, Cavalier helmet and brought it back up and gave it to him. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget that. But anyway. Awesome things out there. Yeah. As we look at this, God is doing some amazing things here. And uh, thus said the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel? who prophesied for years. Uh, in these days, I would bring you against them. And it will come to pass at the same time when God comes, Gog comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. Wow. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day, there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men who are what? Who are on the what? Face of the earth shall shake at my what? Presence. Presence. What does that mean? That means God is getting ready to do what? Sure. Step down from where? Yeah. From heaven. Sure. Show up. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother. Kind of sound like you remember when the, those three nations had came against Jehoshaphat and Judah? And, and they turned on each other because God had turned them on each other. The same thing with the Midianites, with, with uh, Gideon, remember? Then the book of Judges. And so, uh, and I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many people who are with him. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, 
and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know I am the Lord. That's the whole purpose of it. Yes. God going to say, I'm going to show them. There has been a big million dollar question for years. Some preachers say the United States will fight with Israel. Some say the United States is going to join the ally with Russia. But I, I think I read. Uh, I'm telling you, when I read in Revelation 16, let's go back and look at it again. It says, and they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrews Armageddon. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there was noise and thunder and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake. Did y'all hear that? Did you, did you hear that in Ezekiel? Yep. That there would be a great earthquake, such a mighty great earthquake as had not, what? Occurred. Since men were on the earth. Okay. Then, then God just told that prophet Ezekiel the same thing. Yeah. Uh, what, what book is that? One? That's Revelation, Revelation chapter sixteen. Right. And so it's amazing how they marry up. Same thing. God said this is going to happen, and He's going to step down from heaven. He's going to show up huge on the behalf of Israel. Because Israel not going to be able to fight an army that powerful. I don't care how many nuclear weapons Israel has. That's a lot of people coming. So by it's this, it's going to take God to. Yeah, it's going to take God to stop them. Stop that, yeah. Yeah, that's an invasion. That's some kind of invasion that's coming. That is only God. That's God's size right there. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. But what that tells us is no matter what we're hearing in the news today and all the countries that are coming against him, nothing's going to happen to Israel until God says it's going to happen. You guys, sister, let's be careful when we say nothing. There are going to be things that happen to Israel. Yeah. But they're not going to annihilate Israel. Okay? And it will still be Israel. It will still be Israel. Because well, people, people have a fervent hatred for Israel. And there's no reason for that. And you hear some of the stuff we looked at today said Richard Nixon hated the Jews. But that show went contrary to what he stepped in and did with Israel. And Madam Prime Minister called him. Hey, Shilly's Chili. But there was a world. Gave me about him. And that's why God says to be careful. But, you know, you're living in the world, but don't be of the world. So that came from the world the way. Now, at this point, we don't know if this is, in fact, the time in which Jesus is going to ride, as it shows in Revelation 19, Jr. But he's going to come. Mm -hmm. And these armies, which are going to be led by Satan, 
And this army here, this may be very well led by Satan. This may be the same one. And Jesus is going to come in and says with the sword of his mouth. And in and, and that passage of scripture says he's going to kill every one of them. Not a one of them going to live, Shelley. Matter of fact, let me show you real quick and then we'll get ready. His people would they? No, ma'am, Madam Secretary. <laughs> Let's see here. It's cold in here, Pastor. Huh? I thought it was cold in here. It says that, it says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather uh, together for the supper of the great God. But remember, Ezekiel said God is going to be doing what? That you may eat the flesh of kings. That means what? Kings mean what? What's another name for kings? Leaders. Uh, presidents, prime ministers, or whatever they want to call, right? Prince, whatever they call, right? And it says uh, the flesh of captains. Another word for captains are what? Generals, right? The flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them. And the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse. That's Jesus, and against his, his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worship his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were, and the rest were killed. killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him, that's Jesus, who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Otherwise, not a single soldier of these armies will survive. Jesus is going to kill every last one of them. That's one lesson I have to because um, Jesus is mentioning here uh, horses. What does this mean? They will make parade also? Uh, first. No. That's a very good question. And so... Because we don't have horses anymore in, in, in practically in, in our, you know, troops. It's we do. Nice. We do, and it's called... Uh, uh, I just said it enough. Uh, what do they? What? Do, how do they? They say that word uh, horsepower. <laughs> the car. The car's got you know yeah, well, so much horsepower. True. But yeah, the, I know. Yeah. The, the, the motor. The motor. <laughs> So the, they will sit, and the horses, and the horses will be dead, and the riders will be dead. Why couldn't you give me this the first time, you hammer knocker? <laughs> Wait. Huh? Ah. To to. I was talking. To you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miss Miss Barbara, it's very difficult to give you proper answers for every. But the look like will be a parade. But they will go on the on the horses probably on the 
and a prompt the generals and you know I, I think what you have here is not necessarily physical horses but could be the machines well, like he said it because they what those men were seeing in their day was not necessarily the same names of what we have today so they used the language of their day to describe what they saw that's what we seem to think Unless God tickles back in the Stone Age, we and we go back to horses. Well, back in them days with horses, and nowadays it's big machines and tanks right. and all We we forgot about Napoleon. Napoleon was on this field, and he was happy about this Armageddon and the Valley of uh, what's in the Valley of Jilly? Jezreel. Jezreel. Yeah. He was planning, you know, war over there. <laughs> Napoleon acknowledged that God exists. Yeah. He did. You know, like, whew, I want to fight against him. But there's some stuff coming. There's some stuff coming. Well, I will be alive, Uh Miss Barbara, as fast as things is happening, there's a good chance that some of us may be alive and some of us may be gone. And again, maybe only their generation may see it or the generation after them. Yeah. But we do know, uh, we talked the other day, Shelley, that it took the Jews nearly 40 years to build the temple. Mm -hmm. And with modern day equipment, it can only take a year to build it. Or less. Or less. <laughs> They can do it just goes to show these kids they need to pay, be paying attention. And that's Back how fast, <laughs> that's how fast things can go. Another thing that, that, that they talked about when God said that he saw a river in the desert, a water, a lake in the desert. It takes no time for a pumping machine to go down and dig a well and what do you have now? You have a desert now flowering with gardens and everything and ponds everywhere because the, do you know one of the latest things that Israel just done, no other country on earth has done this yet. Israel gets majority of its fresh water from the Mediterranean Sea. They pump it in and they filter it and it's really, really pure, just like the Sea of Galilee. Better than our water here? Better than our water here. And they don't understand why California is not pumping in water from the Pacific Ocean. But you got environmentalists here. Let me show you. That's not even. It's not even nothing. That's not even. But do know how fast knowledge is increasing and how fast things are rolling along. We got equipment now. We can move a mountain in no time. Where before with pickaxe and things, it took men years and years and years to get to a mountain. Now, we can move whole, whole mountains in no time. It's happening. Look what they did. I remember when they started the tunnel from France to England across what they call the English Channel. They did it. An underground tunnel under the English Channel. And they got subway that goes from one country to the next on the English Channel. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know if I'd take that subway. <laughs> you know, at that time, the longest tunnel in that area was the, was the Elbe Tunnel in Hamburg. Mm -hmm. 
Hamburg, Hamburg, Germany, going right up under the Elbe River. I've been under, I've been through that tunnel many times, and that sucker is long. But I know they are making your ears even pop, Junior, when you go in it. <laughs> they are up. making tunnels in Alps. And so, people, God, through the prophet Daniel says, in the latter days, knowledge will increase. Just think about it. In the last 100 years, 150 years, we came further in advancement than any other time in human history. Because yeah, you talk behind, before that, and you're talking about you know, the, the history. Well, millions of years it took from this back, back when, where now 100 years. Mm -hmm. I took you, care of a little man. lady in the nursing home. She was 107 when she died. And her, it was amazing to sit and listen to her life. Whenever she courted her husband or her husband courted her, they would go to church for their dates on, and they would borrow her dad's horse and buggy and his, her brother had to go. That's how they dated. And they had a horse and buggy, Junior. Horse and buggy. None of that stuff you pull up the Sherry in house and your nice ride and say, get in, baby. They had horse and buggies. <laughs> okay. They were lucky. That's crazy. We are blessed people. And look how fast technology is going in the aerospace. It's just incredible. Okay, if not any more questions, we're going to close in prayer. Like always, and we're hoping we got this and that the machine didn't turn off like it did Sunday on the message. <laughs> um, all right, still going. Praise to God. I think it's still recording. Somebody, y'all can go ahead and turn the lights back on, Maurice. Thank you. Good to have Maurice here tonight. Boy, that's a change. He's normally at work. I don't know if it's, it recorded or not. Oh, yeah, it was still going. Right now, hour and 29 minutes. Okay. Once again, we like to tell people that the only way of salvation is how, Junior? What's the only name in which people can be saved? Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Because he's the way and the life. Even the babies know it. No matter what nationality you are, no matter what culture you're reared in, no matter what religion you believe, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the only way in which people can be saved by placing their trust in him. Because he died on the cross for our sins, and on the third day, God, his Father, raised him from the dead. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's coming back again. And he's going to judge the living and the dead. To God be the glory. If you wish to contact us, we're located at 18583 High Springs Main Street, High Springs, Florida, 32643. And you can reach us by uh, email wcmhighsprings at gmail.com or if you want to see us on the web page well, did I say that right? wcmhighsprings.com <laughs> is our email address no web web address and the other one is the email 
And you can call us with your prayers at area code 386-454-7594. One of these days, I'm going to get smart enough and write this down, or Shelly going to get up and say it, so no pastor's this. <laughs> anyway, and on Facebook, you can see a Witnesses of Christ Ministry on Facebook. Jesus is Lord. We ask um, Brother Jones to close us out in prayer. All head bows, all eyes closed. Thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for another day, Lord Jesus. Thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for allowing us to hear the word, Father, from your servant, Lord Jesus. We just ask and pray, Father, that you just encourage him to continue to lead, Father, under your anointing, Father, and under the covenant of the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. We just ask, Father, that you watch with us as we all go our separate ways, Lord Jesus. Watch over us all during the night, protect us, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 God bless.